I, I messed up my nutrition and hydration pretty bad and was bonking for 30 miles. This Runs Radio, episode 696, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, just want to let you know that Exoskin is the sponsor once again for today's episode of the show. And uh, one of the things that uh, I really like about the, the Exoskin gear, especially the the top. So, you know, I mean, they, they make they make socks and the socks are great. Uh, we've talked about the socks before. I'm a big fan of the toe socks. But uh, one of the things I really love about about the tops, about, about the, the shirts that they have, um, is that not only do they do a great job with wicking the sweat away, um, you know, w- when it's hot and, and you're wearing, you know, a shirt or whatever, uh, it, it keeps you dry, keeps you cool, but it, it does the same thing in reverse when it's cold. So, um, you know, if you're dealing with a never ending polar vortex and, you know, you're, you're trying to find that, that right base layer combination to, to not just be emitting body heat the second you walk out the door, you, you definitely might want to give exoskin a look. I, I, you know, I don't understand exactly all the technology and how it works. Uh, I just know it does. And you can, you can see, um, some, some heat graphs on, on the website, some, some photos with the heat, uh, camera showing that when it's hot, it's just emanating heat. It's, it's sending, sending the heat out to try to keep you cool. But, uh, when it is cold, it really does a good job of, of helping you stay warm, um, without having to have a bunch of layers on, uh, you know, outside of, of, you know, you're going to have to have a couple layers probably, but uh, you're not going to have to be too bulky, which is going to allow you to keep moving and really have a, a great run outside, uh, until whenever spring finally hits in whatever part of the world that you find yourself. So if you want to check out uh, all of the, the products that are available in the Exoskin catalog from the socks to the compression gear, to the, to the tights, to the short, to the, to the shorts. Uh, and like I said, all kinds of shirts, sleeves, no sleeves, long sleeves, the whole nine, check it out. Exoskin.us and uh, make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout. It'll save you 20%. Um, and that's obviously how they, they know that you came from us here, making sure their advertising dollars are, are going to uh, a good use. But obviously, you know, saving a few bucks on some really great gear, not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. So exoskin.us, use code DizRuns at checkout. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is someone that I can relate to on a variety of levels, almost almost to the point where it's kind of scary, and, and I'm almost a little bit nervous to kind of see where where all this this ends up taking us. But um, neither of us, as as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, we're much for runners in high school. You knew that about me, but uh, today's guest and I both actually played hockey and golf in high school, which kind of one of those those random uh, coincidences. Uh, neither of us had necessarily a pain free beginning to our runner running careers, um, but for whatever reason, we both stuck with it, kept going. And now running is certainly a central part of, of both of our lives because, uh, like me, today's guest is also a fellow podcaster. He hosts a running podcast. He's a soon-to-be author, a book he's written about his running life. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to find a, a few others. In fact, we already did find him. He, he lived in Florida for a while, too, just down the road <laughs> from me. So this, this might be, I don't know if it's quite doppelganger territory, but it's, it's a bit uh, weird kind of creepy territory that we might go you're down today scared yeah you're scared <laughs> what am i gonna learn about myself during this yeah uh, exactly and, and he's saying hi before <laughs> i even introduced him so uh without any further ado and before we we uh we have too many more spoilers it's uh my pleasure to to welcome mr rob stager to the show today uh thanks for joining us rob appreciate it and and yeah looking forward to finding out what we uh what else we have in common before it's all said and done oh it's an honor to be on your show appreciate you reaching out yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. And guys, um, as as always, I mean, you know, if if you listen to uh, to podcasts, which you do clearly because you're listening to this right now, um, if you're anything like me, you can always have a, another podcast in your feed. Uh, and if you're looking for another running show, uh, a bit more ultra focused than, than our show or than the, my show is is tends to be. Although obviously we talk ultras once in a while. Um, check out Training for Ultra, which is uh, Rob's show available on on podcast uh, apps and devices and, and wherever your podcasts, uh, wherever you get. Wherever you get this show, you can probably find Rob's show as well. Again, the, the title, Training for Ultra. Trainingforultra.com is the website on all the social medias, making it, making it simple, at Training for Ultra. Um, and, of course, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. Dizruns.com slash 696 is the link that will take you back to the show notes for today's episode. Links to Rob's shows, photos, 
Cliff's Notes, who knows what else. Anything else we talk about that makes sense to link to, it'll all be there. Dizruns.com slash 696. So, Rob, uh, the, the way we always start off the, the show uh, is with a pretty simple and straightforward question as far as it, it goes to ask. Um, but for some folks, it tends to be a bit difficult. And uh, if I had to paint with a broad enough brush, I'd say that the ultra runners have a bit harder time with this question than, uh, than most of the non-ultra runners. But, you know, that's that's uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the case. We're, we're all just runners. We're so. all just runners. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, those that tend to run longer than 26 miles have a bit tougher time with this question sometimes. But anyway... Just, just uh, throwing it out there. We'll see where it, where it takes us. Uh, curious to know what is your favorite distance to race and why? Um, I I really like the hundred k distance in preparation for longer events like that big event for the year. Mm-hmm. So, a hundred k, it's like sixty two, just just around sixty two miles. Um, it's long enough to be painful. You can feel like you had an honest day of running um and a lot of times it'll take between i mean it can take a super fast elite guy seven hours it can take us normal folks (laughs) (laughs) up to 24 or whatever um but it hurts just enough not to be super painful but yeah once i cross over that distance um you know it, it crosses into a whole whole nother realm and i really my favorite distance honestly though is the 200 milers um and it's not necessarily the distance aspect that i like i like the adventure like the sense of exploration and it's just a totally different mind frame when you're out there and i really like the aid stations too i have to (laughs) say it's like it's like walking into a restaurant so yeah i'd say 200 milers i've kind of fallen in love with and you know i I've only done one so far and I'm just excited to explore more. And I, I really like the non repetitive ones. Um, destination trail, Candace Burt's team puts together these non repetitive, um, races that I've, I've just kind of fallen in love with. It's, um, it, it's, it's always a, a, a moment for me when I, when, like I said, when I'm talking to ultra runners and they're talking about, these distances that are just just long enough, you know, 100k, just just long enough, um, and it's uh, you know, a whole lot longer than uh, I feel like I would need to get to 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 be to that point where it's it's long enough. But then 200, then you throw down 200 miles, and that's just a, a completely <laughs> another uh, ball of wax. I think I've I think I've had I've definitely had one person that uh, has has run several 200 milers before on the show. I can't remember if I have, have had any others, but uh, I feel like that would probably stand out. But the the what. Oh my gosh! Like I can't even I can't even put a thought together sometimes talking about these these long distance races. But the the non repetitive uh, bit that you, that you talked about there does that mean it's it's like a point to point two hundred mile race? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Once you jump over that rock, you never have to jump over it again, or you know whatever mm-hmm. section of trail you cross, which I really enjoy because I mean I don't know what's you know around that next bend. Mm-hmm. I I will you know uh, doing Moab this year because i did it last year but um for instance doing you know the tahoe 200 and bigfoot 200 this year i every single foot every single step will be kind of venturing into new territory for myself and that's what i really love i mean it's for me personally it's not a it's i don't even see him as a race honestly right. it's me out it's almost like a a through hiking like mentality mentally Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just out there. You've committed days to the event, so right. right. Well, and 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 yeah. So you know, for for people that aren't as well versed, and, and I'm certainly not. You know, I'm, I'm in the category of not being very well versed. Maybe you no, know, just just enough to hopefully ask an intelligent question, but but certainly not enough to know all the details. Um, you, you say days for these 200 mile events. Um, you know, what what are we talking about? For is it is it three, four, five days? So what, what, how long does it take to do one of those? Um, well, Moab took me almost exactly four days and it was, it was just a fascinating experience. I knew this was like maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity and I just come off uh, a big race in Europe, UTMB's sister race, CCC. And I, I felt like my fitness was peaking out and like ready to go for it. And, you know, I'd only done two 100 milers prior 
and I DNF'd at Run Rabbit Run, which was 32 hours on my feet. So I had some sense that like I had energy after the hundred mile mark, mm-hmm. but how much energy I was totally clueless. So it was, I was venturing into the unknown and, uh, I, I thought, you know, you go through the Excel spreadsheets. We all have a spreadsheet for, you know, marathon pacing and, mm-hmm. you know, you work it down into hundred miles and try to get a sense of like, okay, if I'm doing these paces and take these breaks and, whatnot this is my time and i used my 100 mile excel spreadsheet and it broke <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to come up with um i had to put things into days and it was designed to do hours mm-hmm. um and then yeah so i mo- i'm kind of a nerd with numbers and stuff but i i modeled it i'm like uh, i could do 86 hours like kind of best case scenario and then i was like ah uh, I don't even want to think like worst case scenario because, I mean, 240 miles in that case is a lot of miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 240 miles in, in any case is is a lot of miles. <laughs> there's there's no. That's a long way to drive, let alone a long way to run over the course of a few days. Um, so so continuing on this this kind of thread that, that's got my mind spinning about the the point to point nature of of these long events. Um, when I talked to, to to Ross Vaughn, and I don't know if you've had him on your show or not, but if if you haven't, uh, no, not yet. Uh, the, the guy's awesome, yeah. and uh, would would encourage you to. And I, I can help make that happen. We can talk about that later if if you want. But um, cool. He's done. I believe I, I believe the race name is is Pigtails or something like that. Uh, Two hundred. He's, he's done it like every year. It's been like five years or six years that the race has been going on. Um, but that one is, I don't know what the, the distance of the loop is, but I know it's, it's, it's a looped, a looped course, which obviously doesn't sound like it's, it's quite your, uh, cup of tea, but when, when talking about the race with him and, and my, my one experience with a looped ultra that, that was just a, a, a month ago as we're recording this, um, it is kind of nice. I think at least for me, it was, it was a nice experience. And for him, I think it was as well to have something of a home base, you know, to have a spot where. Uh, especially for a 200 mile or multiple days, like you could have a cot set up and you can get, you know, a half an hour of sleep or an hour of sleep you know, a couple of times. Um, and I know that he did that for you going point to point. Do, do, do you, I mean, I have to imagine that you, you got to get a, a few winks at some point. How, how does, how does that side of things play out when you don't have a quote unquote home base to come back to every, whatever it is, 20 miles or 50 miles or something like that? I mean, that's, it's a good question. It took a ton of logistical, like planning, and um, for those destination trails, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you can actually use a sleep car. So my my team had a car ready um, where wherever I could meet them. So for that race, it started around mile seventy five. Okay. So before that, you're pretty much on your own, reliant on what the aid stations had and. I don't even know if you really had drop bag access. I think it was like a mile 20 drop bag. Um, but then after that, it was very strategically planned. And I happened to make it to exactly where my sleep car was as planned and got two hours of sleep, roughly speaking, each time. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, sleep plays a, a very important part of these races. And it's playing it's kind of like playing with fire i mean if you don't get enough it can really really wreck your race and if you're trying to race you know these races um too much sleep will really Mm -hmm. set you behind so it's a balancing act and i i went in pretty clueless i mean i had talked to several people that were very experienced 200 milers and I was surprised how little sleep they required and I was kind of skeptical. And, uh, honestly throughout the whole race, I had a 45 minute nap, uh, right around mile 75 after just an absolute horrible start to, <laughs> to any race. Mm-hmm. If it were a hundred K, it would have been a bad hundred K. Um, <laughs> but to be looking forward at 200 miles to go, um, and just completely, you know, mess. I, I messed up my nutrition and hydration pretty bad, and was bonking for thirty miles. Oof. Um, thirty miles, right? Thirty minutes, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I I took a forty-five minute nap, and it was like the most refreshed I've ever felt 
after that little amount of sleep, it totally reset my system and um, I was able to push forward and kind of get back on, on the schedule for the most part. But yeah, I only slept, I, I went through it hour by hour. I think I slept just below five hours wow. for four, for four days. Wow. That's... So that, Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously in, in the situation, you know, your, your body does what it, what it needs to do, but it's just, you know, just, just thinking about it, it's like, gosh, I don't do very well on five hours of sleep in, in one night, let alone over the, in course, one night. Of, yeah. <laughs> over the yes. course of four, yes. three, four, five days. But, uh, whew, it's, it's, uh, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a crazy distance and, and it's, it's always, um, I think sometimes it's, it's maybe a bit of a reality check because for somebody like me, it's like, my God, that's, that's ridiculous. But there might be somebody listening. And I know that there's people listening that, you know, they're, they're in that training for the first 5k type of, of distance. And the idea of running even, you know, quote unquote, even, uh, just a marathon, you know, running 26 miles is, is kind of like for me thinking about running 200 miles, you know? So it's, it's, it kind of puts it a little bit in, in perspective and, and, you know, and then there's, there's things that are even, you know, even more I would imagine, and I feel like I know a few of them. I don't know enough to, to talk, but even longer stuff as far as, you know, multi-day stage races, things like that, that you can go. I mean, it's, it's, there's no limit, I guess, to how far you can push yourself if you, if you want to go, you know, keep going longer and longer. Well, there, there are continents. Though. Right. Yeah. So eventually like you run the, into water. The, the ocean. Yeah. The ocean <laughs> bodies. Um, that's, I think that's pretty much the only limit there is, but that was, that was the reason I actually went for Moab was to show middle of the pack, you know, I'm a working, I work full time. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my lunch break early right now. <laughs> um, and I have two kids at home and I fit training in, like you can actually run an ultra marathon, mm-hmm. like quit making excuses. Like there's tons of them and your body, your brain's very good at rationalizing, not running beyond a marathon. Um, but that was, that was literally as part of my goal was to plant the seed like, wow. So like Rob, who's like super average, just ran 240 miles for four days straight. Um, maybe this 50K I'm like so scared of isn't that scary anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to redefine um, in a lot of people's minds like the sense of fear with distance and the fact that it's okay to, you know, not be an elite runner and still run an ultra marathon or marathon. And, um, and you're possible, it's possible, like Mm -hmm. you're capable of doing it and you have to train smart and you have to gain some experience, but it can't, you know, it doesn't take that long to pick things up and be able to push your limits if you want to. It's doable. And honestly, when I was bonking really bad it was right around mile 50 i was i was pretty upset at myself because i went in with that goal of of showing people you're you're capable of more and i was looking up at the sky questioning everything like feeling the the weight and the pressure of you know maybe maybe i wasn't good enough to actually get this done and how many people I'd let down and how many people would be scared to go after the distance if, you know, I came away from it just completely destroyed and mm-hmm. DNFing at 75 miles. So I know that was a lot of all over the place thought, but no, that's, that's um, perfect. that was my intentions, honestly, push my own limits, but also plant the seed that you're capable of more. And just ask yourself when you finish that next race, you know, do you have more energy? Like, mm-hmm. can you still go? And do you want to focus on speed or do you want to focus on distance? I mean, what's more fun? And right. I just think life's too short. I continue to love to test my own personal limits and Moab allowed it. Right, right. Well, one thing that you, you said in there that uh, I feel like I've had these thoughts before too is, and maybe I'm kind of, piecing things a little bit together, but, but I feel like it's something along the lines of like, you know, kind of scared to go beyond the, the marathon distance. So, so, and, and again, that, that could be a sliding scale that could be scared to go beyond or, or afraid or not sure you can do it to go beyond 13.1 or 30 K or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all relative to where, to where each person is. 
But I feel like for for the longest time, you know, I I had kind of planted my flag. I'm never going to run uh, anything longer than a marathon. 26.2 miles is is far enough. You know, put me at 26.3, and and no thanks. Uh, but but once I finally kind of got got over myself and you know talked to enough ultra runners that uh, was like, well, let me maybe I'll try a 50k and see what happens. Um, one thing that I've noticed is that you know when you go into a race that is whatever distance, um, if if you're racing it, you kind of you know should be about out of gas when you get to the finish line. So if it's if it's 13.1, like I'm going hard for whatever that takes an hour and 45 minutes to two hours, something like that, you know, 13.1 miles. I'm, I'm done. If I'm going 26.2 miles, like I'm trying to, to, um, you know, kind of balance my, my energy expenditure so that when I get to 26.2 miles, like I'm pretty much tapped out and, and I, I hopefully can't go much farther. And I've kind of experienced that. I think with the, the two ultra marathons that I've done both, both again, quote unquote, only, uh, 50 K in distance, but it's like, you know, I got to 26 miles and I still felt fine. Like, you know, I mean, I was tired. I was fatigued. Like I, I, I wasn't feeling fresh as a daisy anymore, but I could go the other five or six or seven miles, whatever it ends up taking to get to the 50 K classification for that day. Um, and, and by the time I got to the finish line, like I was done. Um, and so I'm curious if you, if you've kind of experienced that as well, going into the, the longer distances where, you know, on a day that, that the race is only a hundred K like, yeah, you could probably keep going, but you kind of, you know, maybe almost the mindset is, all right, I got to get to the 100K finish line, and, and then you kind of check out versus, you know, you got this 200-plus mile race. It's like, all right, just got to keep going on, you know, 45 minutes of sleep and readjust the food and just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. Like, how much of that mindset of where the finish line is, uh, how does that impact you, or how, how do you think that that plays into the equation for being able to do some of these these longer-distance events that you've obviously had some pretty good success in. I, I think there's definitely an ultra runner mindset. And so it's, it's up to you what limit you, you kind of like put on yourself. So for a lot of, you know, your faster listeners that have that, you know, Boston qualifier, they've essentially trained their brain. They've broken their internal governor and like they, they can ramp speed which is, you know, a lot of physical training, but a lot of mental training. And I would say the same thing for ultra running. You can break your internal governor for distance. And so early on, I kind of, I, I've always, I've been running for just over three years now. Um, I've always been about distance and that's just what interests me. That's what excites me is seeing how far I can run. And so, I was probably less, I was probably six months into running and that internal governor broke. And I just was like, I, I think I can run a hundred miles. You know, like I, it took me a few months. I progressed pretty, pretty rapidly. Um, I started running September of 2015 and I ran a marathon in April the following year, a 50 K in May, a 50 miler in June went for a hundred miler the next month, didn't do it, didn't finish it. Um, but then I feel like there's a whole different kind of gear for beyond a hundred miles. Mm. So for me, in my head, a hundred miles had always been the farthest distance. And that's what mentally I kind of like set my limit at. But then I, I finished a few hundred milers and ran like the last 10 miles of the race. And felt good and felt like, well, if I had held back a little bit on my pace, maybe I could have done 120, 130, 140. I don't know. And then, yeah, I I just decided to go for it. I totally lost the fear of DNFing. I totally lost all fear of basically everything. My life was in... Um, pretty good perspective in terms of like there's more important things than running an ultra marathon in life and let's just go experience it and that's i literally i went into moab um having maybe discovered something at ccc like internally and then really testing what i had learned at ccc and sort of explore that in the book so 
Well, that's a, that's a, a, a smooth transition there. It seems like you must you must do some of these podcasting things uh, as as well. You kind of teeing that up. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I definitely want to get into the to the book in in a minute, and, and maybe this will be a good a good kind of transition point. Um, but uh, before we do that, want to want to take a second and pay a couple of bills. And and uh, today's episode, once again, guys, is is uh, brought to you by the the folks over at Exoskin. Um, and you know, as as fate would have it, and and honestly, you know, I, I told Rob this before we got started. Um, this wasn't some manipulation thing where where I, I made sure that this would happen, um, because Rob's show is also sponsored by the folks at Exoskin. So we're going to kind of double team this uh, this sponsor read a little bit today, go off the normal script and 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 just kind of freewheel a little bit, but. Uh, Rob, I mean, you you wear the exoskin gear. I wear the exoskin gear. I'm definitely a, a fan, and and obviously that's that's one of the the big reasons why I'm I'm happy to have them promoting the, or sponsoring the show. And I'm sure that you uh, feel the same way. Um, but what is your uh, favorite uh, go to piece of gear when it comes to uh, the the products that exoskin has available? I mean, I was like I say on my podcast, I was like skeptical at first because they they wanted me to try their socks before moab 240 so i was like ah, okay like i don't like to try new things honestly because i have a formula and in ultras it just works and i don't want to break that formula um and so the, i got their socks and they they felt thinner than normal socks so i was like ah like these probably just aren't gonna work and then after moab i think i had i I didn't have any major blisters, which is mind blowing for anyone who runs in the desert. Mm-hmm. You can do a 50 K and have a blister, but yeah, any kind of like toe lube that you can put on and then throw some toe socks on. Um, I really like their calf sleeves too. Actually, they're very high quality and I wear their base layer shirt. So I like you, I mean, I'm super confident in the product, so I'm happy to have them on board. What's what's your favorite, by the way? Um, I, I'm definitely uh, still all in on on the the socks, the toe socks. Um, that, that's it's. I I used to be really in the you know whatever. Just give me a cheap pair of socks and like I'll be fine. Um, and and you know yeah. knock on wood for for whatever reason. Uh, I never really had any any problems, and then somewhere along the line, you know, it's like a race bag or something like that. You get a you get a nicer pair of socks, and it's like, ooh, yeah, like these are th- these are pretty good, you know. Uh, I, you know, w- whether it's a toe socks or whether it's just a, a higher quality uh, sock that's made more for running than just kind of general athletic wear. Um, and then, you know, w- when I got the the exoskin socks, um, I, I put them on uh, one day, just like 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 the first day I got them, just to make sure they fit. And then I had a, a I had the most recent 50k coming up uh, not too much longer after that, and I was like, I'm just gonna wear them um, for I think I was doing like a 22 miler or something like that, 23 miler training run for that, and that was like the first run that I wore them on, and uh, and yeah, I mean no no issues at all, no, no problems with with the feet at all, and and kind of from there on, I've I've pretty much been been sold. I mean it's like like their 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 website copy basically says you know that. Uh, it's kind of like a second layer of skin, and and again, kind of skeptical. Like, yeah, every, anybody can write good copy, um, but it really is. <laughs> like, like then once they get on, um, like there's no sliding around, there's no bunching. Like, like they are just top quality. So uh, I'm I'm definitely a fan. I I've got a couple of the the shirts as well. Super comfortable. I love them. But uh, you know, being being in Central Florida, uh, you know, shirts shirts are optional for about eleven and a half months a year. So like, I'll wear them around, but I probably won't wear them as much running, just because trying to keep as as much. Uh, although maybe maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe I'll give them a shot in the summertime and see if that wicking of the of the sweat actually helps keep me cooler than just going going bareback out there. But uh, definitely can't complain about anything I've tried from Exoskin so far. I mean, my last thought just I was shocked because Moab. I, you know, I'm it's four days in the desert. You. I think I used like five pairs of socks throughout the whole race, but you peel them off, throw them in the back of the car. Like you just have to keep moving. Um, laundry was not like <laughs> on my mind at, at the time, but after the race, none of my socks were stinking. Mm-hmm. And like, I could tell if I had a cotton shirt or I don't know if I had any cotton related item you or like <laughs> my hat, my hat for instance, smelled bad because mm-hmm. I went through a bunch of hats, but yeah, because of that um copper technology or whatever they mm-hmm. whatever magic they use in those um <laughs> um they didn't smell which i was totally shocked so anyways i obviously i'm a big fan of them so yes yes i i am as well and guys if you want to check out the the sorcery the wizardry the, the magic that goes into <laughs> uh some, some really high quality gear um 
like like Rob says, and, and like I've talked about before, like they don't. It's it's kind of amazing how how much they don't stink. Um, you know, even if you wear the socks several days in a row without really washing them or airing them out or anything like that, they still they still don't stink. It's 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 sorcery. Uh, Exoskin.us is the website. Use the code DizRuns at checkout. Save yourself twenty percent um, and get yourself some some really good quality gear um, that that'll last. That's that's the, the other thing. You know, if you're going to pay for something, you want something that's going to last. And, and Exoskin, you, you put it through the paces and it keeps bouncing back. Good as new, ready to go. So Exoskin.us. Use the code DizRuns. So, Rob, like, like you said, uh, kind of before we, we went off on the, uh, the exoskin tangent a little bit there, um, you, you learned a few things uh, in, in Europe that you were able to, to transfer over to the race in um, the, the Moab race and kind of yeah. talked about it a bit in, in the book as well. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the book a little bit. What, uh, what encouraged you to, to go down the path of, of writing a book, which I don't know about you, but I thought that process was a lot easier maybe uh than, than it ended up turning out to be it's, it's a it is definitely a process but uh what what planted that seed for you i mean i i started taking notes down from my very first trail run in early 2016 and i think at one point i even had like a blog post or two and um i was just fascinated as i was progressing and just for whatever reason just i thought like maybe there was something going going on like maybe that this story was interesting enough um but then like as time went on like it just kept getting crazier and crazier so i was just like um you know i have to share this story and ultimately my goal isn't to make money on the book it's not to become famous from the book it's it's literally my only goal is to truly inspire Mm. you know a handful of people if I can truly change 40 people's lives who read this book and make whatever positive change in their life, it's, it's worth every hour of editing, you know, that went into it. And it wasn't an easy process for me personally. I'm not a super gifted writer, um, but I put a ton of work into it and it came out so much better than I ever thought it would come out. Um, and it really, it starts, you get to hear all about my first run that, you know, I couldn't run past one mile mm-hmm. and I repeatedly tried and failed. And I was going to be put on Lipitor. My doctor was threatening me. I was 200 pounds. I couldn't go for a walk without my hands tingling. Um, and then, you know, my dad had a major health scare and really opened my eyes to, okay, so the doctor's not just threatening you, like, to threaten you. Like, Mm. he actually seen something, and my dad basically made it very apparent that it was a genetic heart disposition. So if I didn't change, then I would probably, I don't know, I probably wouldn't be around in about five years. So. Yeah, I'm just I'm glad I found the sport. I I'm glad I continue to stay entertained with eating healthy and staying active cuz I think a lot of a lot of people are active from a young age and then for whatever reason we all lose our way or mm-hmm. most of us lose our way. So um but yeah, I I wrote the book to truly just inspire you to run. I think there's something in there for just about everyone. And it gets really good at the halfway point. So <laughs> if you're like, oh, this book's okay, just get to the halfway. Get get halfway there and, and then if you're not liking it, you can close the book or whatever. But Gotcha, gotcha. What what um is is the style of the book? Is it kind of like uh memoir? Is it is it kind of you know, obviously you, do, you mentioned there that you, you kind of start out at the beginning and, and the struggles you had, the health issues, things like that. Um does it just kind of progress linearly? Does it bounce around? What's what's the uh the style that you went with? Yeah, it it, boun- it goes it bounces. No, it goes linear, linearly um, through time for the most part, and it's focused. It's focused squarely on on running with some underlying stories behind the main theme, and uh, yeah, the. I mean, it. I try to sprinkle in like fun details. So, like, I'll throw in details on some training runs. I'll try to sprinkle in like 
almost running tips, but not like, hey, this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. It's more like descriptive, but helpful. And um, I try to throw in just what I've learned personally. So my story, you know, a lot of ultra running stories and books out there are super extreme. And, and I think they're super inspirational, but this is more of a relatable book where it's like, this is a normal dude who's, who's just trying to get after it and become an ultra runner. Like I read Dean Carnass's ultra marathon man and it planted the seed in my head. And I just told myself that one day I'd do it if I had the opportunity. And then, you know, the story moves along and eventually I have the opportunity to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty humbling start, but it's not like I have some, like, you know, I'm not addicted to heroin or, you know, a, a <laughs> right. complete alcoholic. And I, I've read those books and mm-hmm. those are amazing stories, but I think this will resonate with people because it's more relatable. I don't think most people have overcome those right. type situations and it's not, it's not a competition who's overcome more stuff, but mm. yeah, the goal is to inspire you, you, whoever's right. listening right, right. now. <laughs> so the the title once again is, is training for ultra. Um, if, and again, I mean, my, my, the, the folks listening to the show, um, there's some ultra runners, there's some that are 5k, 10k, and, and that's, that's it type of runners. Um, would, would you say that for somebody who has at the moment, no ambitions to run, anything even close to ultra distance running um some of the, the the lessons and stories in that still still relatable to just about anybody that's a runner totally yeah i think i mean it's an interesting story regardless if you're even a runner honestly but mm. um i think some of the descriptions and some of the the mental kind of aspect of ultra running that i unlocked can be applied to anything in life so I don't want to give it away, but there's <laughs> there's a few things that I've unlocked that I use in my day to day professional life, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I think again, it's this isn't yeah I'm I'm not a Navy SEAL like I didn't I, I wasn't running ultras with broken legs and that kind of stuff. It's like it's a little bit more kind of middle ground um, way that has really helped me with just managing a stressful job and managing, you know, a, just a busy life outside mm-hmm. of work, you know, with family and how I balance it all. And, and again, I mean, I'm just trying to plant the seed of inspiration and where you take that inspiration. Um, you know, it, it's up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amazon, I guess, and, and the website, where, where are the best places for people to, to grab the book? And, and um, I, I, I'm assuming, I, I should have checked this, poor, poor podcast host. Um, oh. When will it be? <laughs> is it already officially available? Or, or if not, when is, the, uh, when is the, the go date? So release date's February 27th. It's coming up one week from recording right now. And it's available on trainingforultra.com for the physical copy. Um, I'm not going to put the physical copy on Amazon. Okay. And uh, yeah, on Amazon, you can get the digital copy for Kindle. And then I'll have a audio um, audio book on uh, Audio Bull, which should <laughs> drop like mid-March, late March. But uh, audio books are really hard to record. Mm. So it's taking a little bit longer time than I thought. But yeah, I... I did almost every aspect of this book. So the cover that you look at, look at. Like I had to download the Adobe software and mm-hmm. teach myself how to design a cover. And you know, I, I self-published. So um, this is this is my baby. Yeah. You know, I put so much time and effort into it, and it's just a huge relief to be proud of the final product. Because when you're halfway through the book and you're like. I don't know if, well, first of all, the length of the story is going to work and mm-hmm. if this will all sync up, but finishing that very last chapter and, you know, putting that last period in, like, I'm very, very proud of the final product. So 
um, well, yeah, I just appreciate being able to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Con- congratulations. And, um, if it goes out on the 27th, that's, uh, like, like Rob said, a week from when we're recording this, but a week, a week ago from now, you know, if you're listening to this on the day that it publishes, <laughs> the book's already out, baby. So check it out, uh, on the Kindle. Um, and, or you, uh, like Rob said, you can go, if you want a, a, a physical copy, um, head over to the website trainingforultra.com and you can order your, your physical copy there. Um, but before we completely shut this thing down though, Rob, you know, from one podcast to another, we got, we got to talk podcasting at least a, a little bit. Um, yeah. so, so w- where did the, uh, you know, again, kind of, I guess maybe the same question I asked for the book a little bit, but where did the, uh, the seed get planted for the, for the podcast? I mean, you, you have, <laughs> like you've said a few times, um, you've got plenty of things going on. You've got, you've got family, you've got work, you've got training for these ungodly long races. My, my words on the ungodly long bit, but you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you've got no shortage of things going on. You, you decided to write a book in there too. Um, and you also, you know, uh, if my dates are, are correct, um, about a year and a half or so ago, something like that summer, I think of 2017, um, you started a podcast as well. Where, where, where did that uh, idea come from? I mean, it's the same Genesis of, uh, of writing the book it's to inspire people and you know pay it forward and i i listen to a lot of podcasts and you know they'd have people on and i would be following along and you know they wouldn't hit this aspect or they wouldn't hit that aspect and i wanted to provide people like a combination of entertainment but then i also wanted to hit on helpful like useful information so like when you're in an ultra and you hit mile 36 and your right knee is cramping up like what do you do like Mm -hmm. i i wanted people to think back like oh like this person like anime flynn episode whatever like she goes in an aid station and yells give me all your pickles like (laughs) i wanted i wanted it to resonate with people and I wanted them to enjoy it and have fun on their commutes and whatnot. But I also wanted them to learn and be able to apply it. Uh, cause I know I needed that source when I started and there were a few that had helped me, but I really wanted to just take it to the next level and ultimately just inspire people that I'm a very average, you know, working guy, like full-time working guy. And, like I'm able to run ultras. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what's resonated with most of like, like people on Instagram and social media and, you know, people that listen to the podcast, um, is that I think most people think ultras are for like these super elite runners. And I love having elites on my show and we, we can talk race strategy and all that stuff. But, um, I think most people are surprised like, wait, so I just finished the Chicago marathon and like, there's something more that I can even Mm. do. Like I thought that was it. And I was in the same boat. I, I didn't think normal people could run ultra marathons. It was a dream of mine to do 150 K before I died. (laughs) So now I'm, I mean, and now now that's just a Saturday long run. No big deal. Next month I'm doing Georgia death race. It'll be my, 20th finish so 20 seconds start mm-hmm. <laughs> for ultras so it's it's possible like it's very possible and you're actually physically capable of much more than you realize you just you have to train smart and yeah hopefully that podcast is teaching you how to have fun and train smart and uh just opening up this it's a little microcosm, like mm-hmm. ultra runner, ultra runners think that we're, you know, such a big deal, like such a big world. And it, when you zoom out on Google maps, like, <laughs> ultra, ultra running is this little speck. It's, it's our <laughs> <So, pixel. laughs> Exactly. Um, but it's fun and it's life changing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything over the last three years. Right. Right. Every single aspect that I cover in my book, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Awesome. So. Awesome. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a good position to be in. And uh, um, I, now I'm going to ask you maybe the most unfair uh, podcasting question to you know from from one host to another because I, people have asked me this question and it's it, it is unfair. It's it's an impossible one to answer. Um, <laughs> and you you probably have an idea of, of where this is going. But um, w- what have been you know one or two? I'll I'll let you 
you know, I, I won't hold you to just one if you don't want to, but you know, one or two guests or one or two episodes that really stand out in your mind is like, wow, like that, that person or that conversation or the feedback or whatever it was, um, that was just an, an epically awesome uh, episode of the show. So there's, there's four episodes that, I mean, there's a lot, there's right. a lot. And don't get me wrong, like interviewing Mario Mendoza before Bandera, like you'll read in the foreword of the book how that affected his life, mm. which is kind of crazy that interviewing someone can change their life. And that's an elite ultra runner. But people definitely love Tommy Rivers Pusey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a real guy. Like right. he didn't hold back. He shared some deep stuff. And I would put Sally McRae's episode mm-hmm. in that same exact category. Like, like if you want a good cry, <laughs> if you want an emotional, like overcoming so much, so many things against her, like Sally McRae's episode's awesome. If you want to learn some of the mechanics and mental aspects of running a hundred miler, um, Carl Meltzer's episode was incredibly well received. And, uh, Brian Frank, Hammer Nutrition's founder, came on and walked me through how to use products. Mm. And it was like I used a hypothetical, okay, I'm going to run 100K. Like we started, we started the day before the race and worked all the way through the finish line. And I think that episodes really help people with the mechanics of hydration and nutrition. Mm. So hopefully that's not too long-winded. But there's so many of them. I... I get something from each and every one of them, like truly. Um, and I'm on almost episode 80 at this point. Mm-hmm. So I know you're the same way. You're coming up on what? 700. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be at 700 in another, uh, week and a half, I guess it's, it's crazy. And it took this long for your very favorite episode. That's right. That's right. <laughs> episode 696. It, 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 this is, this has been the pinnacle right here. <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. So, so yeah, it's, it, you know, and that, but, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's, I hate the question because it makes it sound like, you know, here are the, the one or two or five or whatever, uh, best ones. And then the rest of them are, are not worth your time. And, and just like you said, I feel like, you know, in these, these long form conversations of, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, even half an hour, 20 minutes, sometimes, um, there's, there's always going to be nuggets. There's always going to be something. If you're listening carefully enough, you know, I call them the takeaways at the, you know, I, I do a takeaway at the end of each, each episode. Um, there's always something that, that you can get from it. Um, if you just, if you just listen. So, um, so yeah, definitely, uh, guys, if you, if you're looking, you know, if, if, if three days a week with me isn't enough and you know, it's not because you're, you're listening to, <laughs> you know, there's, there's seven days in a week and, and I've only got three of them covered. Um, check out Rob. I'll do show. a fourth. Yeah. yeah. Rob, Rob's got the fourth. What, what do you have a, a regular day of the week that you uh, publish Rob? I, I did, but then life got <laughs> life, just so yeah. crazy. Like, I I'm just I'm starting to work like almost eighty hours between training <laughs> and all that other stuff. A lot more healthy work hours, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I put them out when I can, honestly. But it's once a week. Gotcha, gotcha. So get get subscribe. That's the, that's I mean, honestly, that's that's the beautiful thing about about podcasting. It's not like you know people need to tune into the radio at at three o'clock on Friday to hear the episode, like. Right. You know, that's when it drops and you can listen to it any old time that you want because it's there. It's on the phone. So check it out. Training, training for ultra um, and and definitely give give Rob a listen and a subscribe and all of those all those good things. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. So as we're as we're getting to the point of, of wrapping up today, Rob, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know how often you have this situation, but I feel like uh, we barely scratched the surface I and mean, we didn't even get into running, you know, kind of getting started and in some of the, the early days of things. Um, which, which I feel like we could have gone off on that tangent and, and, and covered pretty much a whole episode there as well. But uh, one, one thing that you've mentioned a couple times, and I'm going to make this kind of the, the philosophical question, kind of tie, tying two things in together here to, to wrap things up. But uh, you know, you, you, we've talked a couple times. Uh, you've mentioned it. I've mentioned it. You, you know, this, you're, you're busy. You, you've got a full-time job. You've got a full-time family. You've got a full-time job on the on the side with these with the podcast and the book and, and your training and and your racing and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so so kind of my, my final question here, the philosophical question today, you you can take it as whichever direction you want. But um, what what do you hope that uh, that that you're showing to your kids? What what lesson do you want your kids to take from from all the things that you're doing? Because um, you know I I. I 
I know, you know, from, from what I, and I, I mean, this is basically my, my full-time job at this point. Um, and I feel like I still miss out on some things with, with my family because of podcasts and coaching and, and all of the, the running things that I have going on. Um, and so, you know, when, when your kids are looking at you and like dad's busy and he's working and you're trying to spend as much time with them as, as you can, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta go to work. You gotta edit the book. You gotta, you gotta do all these things. Um, what lesson or value or things like that, that do you hope, uh, your kids take away from, from seeing dad do all the things that he's doing in the, in the running world, um, and beyond as well, but maybe focus mostly on, on the running side of things. I, that's a, a good question. A deep question. I mean, I've learned from my mom who taught me from a young age, you know, to really go after my passion, um, that my parents never put pressure on me to do, you know, some kind of profession. I think it took me quite a few years to figure out all the pressure was self-induced. Mm. Um, so she gave me a lot of freedom and a lot of extra time as a young kid who was hyperactive and not wanting to sit down and learn how to read and all that stuff. Um, and then my, my dad recently taught me life's short, you know, like make the most of every day and you don't know, you know, when your time's going to be up. And I think since my dad's health scare, there's not an hour that goes by that, um, I just take for granted. So if my schedule seems busy, it's because, you know, it, it's intentionally, you know, I, I feel, I, I know that I'm not going to live forever and I need to make the most of the time here. And I think, um, I'd like to, you know, pass those same similar lessons on to my, my kids. And mostly it's, I would say a combination of, of those, those two things for my kids, um, you know, find something you enjoy. Money is not everything. And if anything, it's just going to shorten your life Mm. in a lot of cases. Um, and just, you know, have, have fun and try to pay it forward. Ultimately, like I'm very thankful for everyone that put out a running book. I had a, a time in my life where I read, a running book every single day for a month straight, like a whole book. Wow. And I don't think there can be enough inspirational books on running. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's mainly my takeaways. I mean, I've also learned through running. So those, my two parent, my, my parents lessons kind of got me to running and then running ultimately has taught me that, um, meditation's just a really great way to relieve stress. Mm-hmm. And so I can, every time I go run, I can kick myself into some kind of meditation. And I've even now started exploring just doing it on my own without running. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped relieve stress because my, my job's very stressful. Um, and I'd say prioritize things too. People are always like, how do you find time? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't watch NFL football. Like right. unless it's the Super Bowl, really. I mean, do I care? Like I it's not that I don't care and I know a lot of people are very passionate about it. And if that's what, you know, really, you know, gets you up every morning and that's right. what you're passionate about, that's great. You know, it's great to have a passion. Um but I prioritize. So I make time for my family. I make time for my running. I make time for my podcasts, just like right now. And mm-hmm. I had made time to write. And th- those were my priorities. And I put everything I had into them. Obviously, work's a priority, too. Right. So, like, five or six main priorities. And then not wasting a bunch of of time just vegging out and not, um, not being somewhat productive or like really focused on family time. Like Mm -hmm. that's something that amazes me too is like people ask me like, don't you feel guilty? Like long training runs and travel, like you're away from your kids. And honestly, I'm so more, I'm so much more grateful and attentive to the time that I have with my kids Mm -hmm. that I would say overall, like the quality of experience is, equal if not 
surpassing most people. Um, you know, I'm not just on my phone, just totally zoned out, ignoring the kids. Like I'm really in the moment. And again, it goes back to running and learning how to meditate and living in the present. I don't think most people are in the present. I think they're so worried about either future events or trying to reflect on what the hell happened in Mm -hmm. my past events that I'm like having issues. And once you learn to just forget the past, don't worry too much about the future, have some general plan, but live in the present and yeah, smile. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. A couple things there that, that hit a little bit uh, closer to home than I would have liked them to, but uh, good good thoughts and takeaways and, and things to uh, remember, especially just be be present. Gosh, with with your kids or with with anything, with your with your run, with your with your work, with your spousal relationships, other other friends. I mean, just oh, so many great things there, Rob. Thanks for uh, for for going going that direction. I certainly appreciate it. Like I said, it hit uh, hit a little bit close to home. Um, and guys, if you want more of that kind of wisdom, check out Rob's book, Training for Ultra. You can get the hard copy on the website, trainingforultra.com. You can get the, the digital version uh, on the Kindle. And based on when this show gets released, it should already be available. So trainingforultra.com, Training for Ultra on the Kindle, uh, Training for Ultra on Instagram and Twitter, Training for Ultra on the podcast. You, you, get, you get a sense that the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a consistency. It's a consistency, <laughs> yes. Training for Ultra anywhere. You're going to find Rob there. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 696 is the link that will take you back to the, to the show notes for today. We'll have things linked up there as well. So, Rob, thanks for, for taking the time today during your lunch break. Certainly appreciate that, uh, making, making this a priority. I, I, uh, I am, am, again, appreciative of that. Uh, have, a, have a great rest of the day. And, and uh, obviously nothing, nothing but the best going forward in, in running and in books and podcasting. And uh, can't wait for our paths to cross again at somewhere down the road. Uh, it's an honor being on your show. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Rob and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was one of your takeaways from the conversation that we had today? Uh, I had a, a few things that, that kind of popped up uh, during the course of the chat, but uh, right there at the end, uh, <laughs> he got me. Rob got me. With that whole being present thing, um, I am admittedly guilty of maybe being half present a lot. You know, between looking at the phone and and thinking about other things, and especially when when you know the girls are home, if it's trying to be um, family time or something like that, where maybe it's not something super you know focused, but just being with them uh, with with Addie and Rebecca. I, I mean, you know, if I'm honest. Uh, sometimes the mind isn't, isn't exactly there, isn't exactly engaged. And, you know, just, just hearing Rob talk about how, you know, it's, it's okay to be doing a bunch of different things. It's okay to, to work and train and race and still be, you know, still be a dad and still be a husband. But when you're, when you're doing those, you know, when you're doing each thing, you need to be locked in. And especially, I think that's probably, you know, maybe most important, or at least for me, the biggest takeaway is you know when I'm with when I'm with my family when I'm with when I'm with my wife when I'm with my daughter, um, I really need to work on not doing anything else but being with them, being being present, being locked into the conversation, locked into the activity, to doing the puzzle, to playing playing shoots and ladders, whatever it is, uh, locked into it and not worried about anything else because whatever the messages are on the phone, they can wait. Whatever the, the the social media messages are, they can wait. Whatever thing I'm thinking about for the next the next phase or the next race or the next project or the next book or the next whatever, it can wait. It can wait, you know, but what can't wait is, or what would I need to do a better job of, of prioritizing are the people that are closest to me, um, on a daily basis. So, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, kind of hit me a little bit on this one. Um, but probably necessary, probably necessary. So certainly appreciate Rob for, for that. Um, and appreciate you for sharing your takeaways with me. What, what stood out to you from this episode? Let me know on the, on the Twitter, on the social media, I'll get to it eventually, but I'm not going to maybe get to it right away when I'm, you know, <laughs> connecting with, with my family, but let me know, shoot me a message on Instagram or fa- or uh, Twitter at Diz runs on both places. You can shoot me a message on Facebook as well. You can just find me at, at my name or, uh, you know, you can also find uh, the, the group and leave a, a comment in the, in the Facebook group, the Diz runs tribe. Uh, but you can also send me an email, disruns at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode, disruns.com slash 696, and leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there. Um, and uh, always appreciate when that happens. Always love to see 
see a few comments popping up on the website here and there. So uh, you can do that. And, and once again, all of, of Rob's contact information, book information, podcast information are all there in the show notes, disruns.com slash 696. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and pull this ship into the station. Uh, once again, exoskin.us. Use the code DISRUNS at checkout. Save yourself 20% on some socks or shirts or shorts or whatever kind of different gear that they've got. Uh, new things coming on the way as well, um, but really high-quality stuff. Uh, but once again, exoskin.us. And with that, we will wrap this thing officially now, put it underneath the tree. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Thanks for taking me with you wherever you went today, whether it's out on the run, on a trail, on the road, uh, doing some work around the house or something else entirely. Uh, always appreciate your attention. Appreciate you tuning in. And uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Take care, guys.